Welcome to Deed and Truth, where we're talking about loving God and loving others, not just in words, but also in actions, and with the Bible as the source and standard of truth. I'm Tommy Morris, and with me in the studio is Scott Vitro. Hey, how's everybody doing? And Sean Schomer. Howdy. Howdy, howdy. All right, so Sean, we're going to do a topic today that was of interest to you, one that you were really wanting to talk about. We're going to talk about being the family of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, happy to happy to talk about it. it. Means a lot to me. Yeah, man, this is definitely one I think that we've talked about a lot over the last couple of years of, of what fellow believers mean to you as far as family. So I'm going to kind of let you uh, lead us off, man, and just talk a little bit about personally why this is important to you, why you wanted to do this topic. Yeah, right on. So yeah, I mean, I come from a small family. I was an only child. My mom was an only child. So. Don't have a lot of brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, or anything like that. And even the family I did have wasn't, like, real super close to. And so I kind of just grew up, like, independent, you know, doing my own thing, being alone. And that was and that was fine until, until I got saved. <laughs> and then I got brought into the, the family of Christ, the body of Christ, and just kind of realized what I was missing my whole life and uh and it's awesome I love it I love the feeling of having people I can people I can talk to bounce ideas off of uh just lean on and uh yeah not experiencing that growing up is just like man this is awesome (laughs) so uh yeah it's near and dear to my heart that's really cool man Scott what about you man what has kind of been your experience with the the family of Christ. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a great experience, but it's also been kind of hard one. Um, I mean, if we have time for a quick story, I kind of want to get into like how I like landed so hard on like how important fellowship is in the church. My, my wife and I had been saved for a couple of years and we were in a really good doctrinally sound church. Um, but it was kind of like one of those, you know, like, Hey, after church is done, like you go home, you live your life, you know, and there wasn't much uh, fellowship there. And, um, you know, we had actually started meeting some other people at other churches and, uh, they were pretty doctrinally sound too. And we actually started hanging out with some of the families at the other church, but then you kind of feel guilty, you know, for doing stuff like that. Uh, cause it's not like, you know, your church. And so we, 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 we sat down and brought it up with the pastor, um, in a very genuine conversation and, you know, keep in mind, like I was, I was definitely a little prideful in this, but, um, you know, we were trying to like pour our hearts out to this guy And we're basically saying like, hey, you know, like we're considering leaving, you know, just because of this issue and, you know, and is there anything we can do to help? And uh, he basically told me, he said, "Uh, I bet you can't find a biblical reason to leave this church. And I got kind of mad. And so um, pridefully, I started searching through scripture and I landed on Acts 2, 42, and it's the fellowship of believers. And so I really wanted to get back to like, okay, like what does God say about like, what are like the pillars of the church, you know? And so that's really where I think like my first, you know, epiphany of like how important fellowship is because, you know, you can, you know, you can have your family in your own like little inner circle. And I mean, our family is the most important thing, but you know, like, as you know, Sean said, like, you know, once you're saved, like you're, you're called to use your gifts, talents and abilities um, within the church, but you also, you're there to edify each other, to grow each other. Um, and so we just, you know, felt like there, you know, that just wasn't there. 
And so, you know, this is kind of what I landed on, you know, and this is after, after Peter gives the, uh, the sermon at Pentecost and, and it just basically says afterwards that they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. And so that's what I, you know, that's what I went back to. And it was like, look, like if this is something that's lacking here, then it needs to be worked on and addressed, not just like, well, you know, I bet you can't find a reason biblically to like leave. And it was like, no, like we're trying to tell you, like we're starving here for fellowship and family, like within the church, because, you know, we didn't have our family near us, you know, especially being a military family. Um, You know, you get moved around or, you know, you're an hour or two hours away or whatever. And then especially when we moved to Florida, it was like, you know, we have barely anybody out here. But what we did have is we had two really good friends who already lived out here were plugged into a good church. And so that became our family. And it's been hard one, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's so important and it's such a beautiful thing, especially once you invest the time to develop relationships with people. So, yeah. So that's interesting. I mean, it's interesting that a pastor would not view that as biblically something that should be a part of his local church. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of wild. I mean, I just think like, I don't know. I mean, it, like, it was, it was a great church. Like I'm not uh, knocking anything, but just like in that arena, there was just something that was just not there at all. And it was killing us, you know? And it was yeah. just like, where are we going to get plugged in and actually live life with each other? Not just on Sunday. Yeah. That's the big thing. Cause I think that's where the growth really comes. Uh, you know, I think, well, just like the three of us, right. We all, we all go to the same church. But our bond wasn't forged. We didn't all come on this podcast together just by all going to Sunday morning service together, right? No. no. I mean, by any means, not, that wasn't it. You know, you guys actually were in a group together before I really got to know either one of you, you know, and so it was, it was a life group, right? A small group yeah. that brought you two together yeah, originally, right. right? Yeah, we were in the first life group that I joined at Live Oak was I think I was in the group maybe like two months before y'all were and then yeah Scott and Shara joined the group and it was like yeah these are these are my people we just connected yeah it was really cool what's funny so Scott and I actually met at a a weekend like event for another life group that neither one of us ended up joining I don't think (laughs) right (laughs) Like, like we went we met and then we didn't really hang out until a while after that but um, coming into the same life group a year ago is really what brought the three of us more together and just, you know, hanging out. And now here we are. But it took life outside of Sunday morning to get to where we are now and to doing this together. You know, so there's a, there's a lot in Scripture about that. Uh, but for my, I'll tell my quick story, too. So I actually, so I actually went to Live Oak for a couple of years and then we actually left. And I've grown up in the church, you know, so we've changed churches from moving. I was an Air Force brat, so we moved a lot. And I've been a lot of different churches. I was in the Army. And, you know, I found, like, usually when you leave a church, like, even if I had strong relationships, usually once you left the church, like, those relationships started to kind of fade as you didn't really see them on a weekly basis. And But for whatever reason, a lot of them didn't continue. But that Live Oak was the first place that that was different. I left, and... People kept like hanging out with me and like meeting with me. And so like every week, actually Andy, almost every week, at least once a week, we would meet at Whataburger and just go through scripture and talk about scripture and talk about life. And I would meet with Dwayne and a few others. And 
you know, after two and a half years and my testimony of truly coming to Christ and all and coming back to Live Oak, that was one of the things that I think really stood out was here's a group of guys who, when I was like, yo, see you, I'm going to go to a different church. They were like, okay, like we just want your, your Christian walk to flourish. That's all they cared about. <laughs> it wasn't about padding their numbers, their name, building their church. It was a very kingdom mindset. So for them to be there to continue to encourage me and that was more important than anything else. So that was really cool. That to me spoke to like what Christian family is supposed to look like. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's not supposed to be any strings attached. And, uh, you know, there's memes out there, you know, about like, you know, people leaving churches and it's like, you know, calm down. Like we're not in gangs, you know, like it's okay if another believer in Christ goes to another church <laughs> and we have our own earthly jealousies and feelings and things like that. But yeah, I mean, we, we had a similar story. I mean, even just, you know, moving from California to Florida, I mean, a huge move, but I mean, our church, you know, family, the, the people we actually live life with in California, um, you know, we're still really good friends to this day, but I mean, you know, they were constantly checking up on us and, you know, seeing how we were settling in and just, you know, it was just unexpected. And then to go from that into this, you know, another environment, you know, where you're not sure and, you know, you're nervous about, you know, new people and all, you know, all these different things and trying to figure everybody out and still receiving like that same love. And I mean, that's, that's what I think, like, you know, God's intent is, you know, for the church to be universal, to be Catholic in that sense of universal that, you know, that we still have more in common with, you know, our brothers and sisters in Zambia than, you know, our unsaved neighbor, you know, sort of thing and that we're going to be treated the same way, you know, with, uh, you know, respect, dignity, with, you know, selflessness, with love, all these different things, um, no matter where we are or who we run across. And that's, that's how it should be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I really, I really feel that in, you know, in my community. For sure. And then, you know, you mentioned Zambia. Like, I got to worship with my brothers and sisters over there in Zambia, and it was super cool. It was great. Yeah, it, I mean, they they sang some songs in, like, the native language, the bimbo, and then some were in English. But, I mean, even the ones that were in a language I didn't even know, you know, I was surrounded by Christians who were of the body of Christ, the family of Christ, and we have that bond that's deeper than any any blood connection, like a biological blood connection. You know, we're connected through the blood of Christ. I, I like to think of it like we are blood relatives through the blood of Christ. You know, we were you know we were bought with the price of Christ's death on the cross. He bled for us, and. That's the that's the the spiritual blood, so to say, that kind of runs through us, and so we are. I mean, we are like blood relatives in a sense, and uh, I like to kind of think of it like that. But yeah, I mean, it's deeper than just family too. And I've heard people who have you know have brothers, sisters, parents, you know, who aren't believers, and uh, you know, they just they don't connect with their actual family as much as they do the family of Christ. And, you know, like I said, I don't experience that, but I've heard people, you know, having that experience where they're just deeper connected with believers than they are with their own family that they grew up with. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to that and a lot, you know, and sometimes it can't be helped, you know, cause you're, you're just, you know, physically not close to your family, you know, for whatever reason, a job or you know military or whatever. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've, I have so found that to be true. I mean, it's, it's, it's so strange to like walk through your Christian, you know, walk and kind of see like the things of the world, you know, get a little bit dimmer and, you know, it, it really has to do with like, you know, what's your identity in. And it's really hard because I mean, you know, everything from like, you know, you love your local football team to like, Hey, this is my city. This is my state, you know, all the way to like, you know, Hey, I'm American. <laughs> and, you know, but you have to, to like try to push that aside and say, okay, like I'm not like some Christian nationalist, like I'm a Christian, like worldist, you know, like there, there is one nation, you know, that, that, that is in Christ, you know, like we are that nation, that church, but we're everywhere. And to like put aside all of like our, our identity, you know, or you know, not even like putting it aside or getting rid of it, but, but making it secondary to our you know, identity, you know, in Christ, no matter where we're from or what, you know, what language we speak, um, is, is hard to do, but it's also very beautiful because I mean, like, like you said, dude, I, I've had, you know, both of you guys and lots of other people treat me way better than, you know, my family sometimes. And, you know, helping us, you know, not only just with, you know, physical needs or, hey, I need a couch move, but also, you know, spiritual needs and, um, you know, checking up on each other. And, and um, you know, yeah, yeah, I think that that bond is a lot thicker than, uh, than blood, you know, honestly, sometimes. So. And, and it's so strange, too, because, like, we hear Jesus talk about, like, I mean, it's Christmas time, you know, it's like, oh, you know, peace on earth. And then, you know, he, you know, he says, like, you know, hey, I came to divide families, to divide, you know, brother and father and, you know, all these different examples. And it's because of the gospel, like that's what's, you know, divisive. But, um, but I mean, it's not like there's no hope there that, you know, he's coming just to destroy your family, but there is, but there's something better and greater than our families. And it's, it's the gospel. It's being that family in Christ. Yeah. It's that eternal family. Cause you're, you know, your family that you were born into, you know, if, if they don't get saved, that's temporary. But we have this eternal family that we're gonna we're gonna stand with forever and ever in the presence of God, worshiping God eternally. Yeah. And Scott, like what you were saying as you grow in your Christian walk, I think that becomes a big factor, right? Because as you're going through that process of sanctification, you know, you're facing some tough stuff sometimes and like God is purging, you know, and, and refining you and and sin is being dealt with. And these are deep things, you know, they become deep issues of the heart. And for those who aren't saved, like they don't understand that, right? Maybe, you know, maybe at best they have a moralistic approach, you know, to life. But when it comes to really that deep spiritual growth within you, that's kind of where the line would be drawn with them versus like the outward moralistic lifestyle. You know, and so that's where I think a lot of bonds can be forged with Christians as they go through that process of sanctification together and growing in Christ and and really, you know, putting to death the flesh. Yeah, I mean, you think about like the brotherhood of people who've, you know, soldiers who've gone through war together, like physical war. And that, I mean, that bond is, is deep. They see each other. You know, at the supermarket, once they're back stateside, you know, and it's, you know, brother. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like you hinted at, there's a spiritual warfare, you know, that we're going through. And we get to, you know, help build one another up, encourage one another, pray for one another, and be there for our brothers and go through go through war together. So that, just coming out with that with that brotherhood. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, the guys that I was in Iraq with, you know, we're we're tight. We'll always have, you know, this 
certain bond, you know, but the one thing that, that I know is that my brothers in Christ, that bond is like way, way deeper, way stronger than those bonds. I mean, you see it on sports teams and other things, but I have found that my bond and my friendship with Christian men who go through life with me and uh, we grow together in our knowledge and understanding of the word and the character of God, like those relationships are, are much stronger. Yeah, I think we got Ephesians four fifteen through 16 pretty much states that like members of the body of Christ are joined to Christ in salvation. And that's what in that salvation, that's what we're that's what brought us together. That's what makes up the whole body and states rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And it kind of uses like these, you know, anatomical terms, you know, head, body, joint, you know, Christ being the head. And we are, we are members of the body, you know, so the, your hands are different from your elbow and your shoulder, you know, they have different functions and everybody in the body of Christ has different different functions and different uh, spiritual gifts that we can, you know, some people are called to called to ministry and, uh, you know, chase people down in the parking lot after church. And uh, some people are just there to hold a door open, you know, and say good morning. But we're all we're all part of that body. And when we're all functioning, you know, as we should, the you know, the body is moving you know, with the head of Christ, we're moving forward, you know, all in one, one uniform body, so to say. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's super important to keep in mind, but also, Scott, what you were saying, I mean, both of you have hinted on this about the, the universal Catholic small C church, yeah. right? Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, from the Apostles' Creed that I think it can be easy to think in terms of those like right, right with us, which it's important to understand the local church and the importance of it. But I do think that sometimes we can lose sight of that, the bigger picture, right? The worldwide church, you know, and maybe it it takes someone reminding us or it takes a trip to Zambia or something, right? To be reminded like, oh, I have family outside of like my backyard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was awesome just to, you know, get to stand with my African brothers and sisters and, and praise God and worship God. And it, it was mind blowing. You know, the church is bigger than Live Oak. It's bigger than Navarre. It's bigger than Florida. It's bigger than America. The church is worldwide. And there's, I mean, there's Christians in, in Africa. We hear about the Christians in China who are the body of Christ is still growing in China, even though they're being persecuted and, and literally murdered. Yeah, there's still, I mean, there's Christians worldwide. Yeah, it's super cool. And to get to experience that is cool. And even like when I go down south to visit Brittany, I, you know, I get to worship with my brothers and sisters down in South Florida. So it's cool just to, I don't know, kind of gives you some perspective on how how big the body of Christ really is in the church of Christ. Yeah, it's one of the things I've loved about my travels for work is I've gone in to visit some churches while I'm on the road and I have good friendships that have come from that now with 
um, actually your neck of the woods. <laughs> I met a guy, pastor named Wade, uh, up in Arkansas, nice. who I stay in contact with now, and and so that's a, a growing friendship. And and same when I go down to South Florida, we visit the in-laws and been able to visit Tom Askell's church down there, Grace Baptist, and they've been they've treated us like family every time we go. It's super cool and it's just neat, you know. It's neat to have that warm family welcome with with people that like you barely know just because you have that bond of Christ. Right, which which is like such like an upside down, you know, kingdom thing. You know, like what I said earlier about like, you know, we have so many reasons to be divided and, and uh, it was just divided, but more like tribalism. You know, like I'm this type of person or this type of person. You know, there's so many different ways to do that. And God's saying, hey, like I'm making it really simple. Like there's either, you know, believers and non-believers and, you know, we could lump, I guess, uh, false believers into one of those camps too. But it's either to the truth or not. It's either dark or light. And, you know. If you're in the light and they are too, then, you know, they're your brothers and sisters. I mean, and what a cool picture too, because, you know, we're, we're told that we're adopted as sons and daughters, you know, which, which, you know, obviously has, you know, family, you know, connotations to it. And, you know, like whenever we think about like a topic, I always try to go back like as far in the Bible as you can, and then kind of see like, you know, how many times or, you know, throughout the Bible, you know, it's mentioned or whatever. And I mean, and the idea of family is, I mean, it's pretty much right there at the very beginning, you know, like we were designed to be family. And, and I mean, to your point, in a sense, we are all blood related, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was, it's not good for man to be alone. Boom, woman, and then be fruitful and multiply. So family was right from the onset and has definitely been a theme uh, going forward to the promises of Abraham and and on through, I mean, so. Well, I mean, that's that's a really good point. So I think we could apply that concept of like, it's not good for man to be alone, you know, with uh, our Christian walks too. Because I mean, yes, like our families can fulfill us in many ways and our families are so important. But I mean, I kind of want to talk about like, you know, what happens when we are alone as Christians, you know, like what happens when we don't have that good church family there? Or when we isolate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm super guilty of that. I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm a lone wolf, you know, when I'm Me upset about too. something <laughs> and too. I mean, it's been, you know, men like you in my life who have had to come, you know, call me or knock on the door or whatever. Introverts you know. unite. Yeah. <laughs> separately. But, yeah. <laughs> but quietly, but yeah. And, and, and we always fall back to that, but it's not good for us to be alone. No, for you sure. Know, just to sit there and ruminate. I think that's when the enemy comes yeah. in. And it's kind of like, you know, what you said about the body. And it made me think about like, okay, well, what happens like when our body's injured, right? Like we can actually use, like, you know, like if you cut your arm, well, you know, you can use your other hand to help, you know, bandage it up, you know? And if it's something that, you know, you can't do yourself, like another person comes and helps you, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's part of, you know, the body of Christ functioning well is, is being able to um, help each other, you know, when we're down and then when we're up, you know, mentoring and living it out and helping other people too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point for sure. Cause you think about, I mean, you think about just like I smashed my finger at work Yeah, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't bend it, couldn't use my right hand, but I had another hand, you know, to kind of pick up the slack. Yeah. And that's where, uh, as, as one member is down, you know, another member can come along and like help out someone help out that member who is in the body of Christ. Yeah. Until it's back well again. Yeah. Yeah. So you brought up the term tribalism. Yeah. And that was actually in my mind before you said it. And it's interesting because social media, man, <laughs> it's, 
it's insane. But it, it seems that like tribalism has just gotten really bad, I'd say within the church to where it's like we are trying to find people who think exactly like we think on every single topic and shrink our tribes. Like that's what I'm seeing on Twitter a lot. Like it's like, oh, these people over here don't quite think this way. So now we're going to kind of shrink our tribe a little bit. But that's not what we're called to do. We're not called to keep shrinking our tribe over tertiary issues. You know, like I get heresy, right? <laughs> like and and putting people off who are teaching false teachings or who are, you know, very dangerous in their interpretations or the way that they are kind of presenting things in their walk. But, you know, I think about the relationship between John MacArthur and R.C. Sproul, who had a lot of theological differences, and yet were super close friends. Oh, yeah, they, they had mad respect for each other. And, uh, you know, yeah, they're both super intelligent, you know, very on point, very sharp. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's been the case through a lot of church history. I mean, we look at, like, the titans of church history, you know, the, you know, the Calvins and the... You know, all, all those people, but um, you know, even they had very, very sharp, you know, uh, disagreements on like very big topics. And, and you're right. And it's like today there, there's, there's no room for that. And I think it's a bleed over from the culture. You know, like there, there's no room for disagreement in our culture and it's bled over into the church too. But I mean, it's, it's like, um, you know, it, it's kind of like how some people, you know, they only go see their family on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, and there's a reason for that. It's because they're, you know, we got crazy Uncle Bob and, you know, cousin, you know, Lily's drunk and, you know, we're talking politics. And it's very divisive, right? And people just don't like that. And they're just doing it out of obligation. And I feel like the church has kind of come like that, you know, sometimes that dysfunctional family, like, well, you know, we're just going to argue this because we're here. And, you know, instead of like this, you know, hey, let's be gracious with each other. You know, let's be part of this universal church. And like, hey, like, you know, if you disagree about this, hey, great. You know, but even I think you said this today about like everything being called a heresy now. And it's like you can't just say, oh, everything's a heresy. Right. Because then we're not going to listen to anything anybody has to say. Right. Know? As soon as someone disagrees, heresy, <laughs> you know, like because they don't like, disagree with me. Well, I mean, yeah. you, you really have to be careful with that word. And I think that's the issue is we're just too loose with that word. Because, I mean, you know, if you're calling somebody a heretic, you know, you're basically saying like not only are you basically like, you know, you're, you're anathema, you know, like you're basically this equivalent of an unbeliever but even worse than an unbeliever because you're trying to you know falsify what god's saying and you know, like that that carries a lot of weight like and you yeah. don't call somebody a heretic unless it's you know like yeah that's really bad yeah so i think we need to to really think about galatians six ten when we come to places of of disagreement it says so then as we have opportunity let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Like this is making a very <laughs> like sharp point here of like, yeah, we're supposed to do good things. Um, you know, and I think this would be with our attitude and even in, in disagreements, you know, the patience that we have. But it says, but especially with the household of faith. And I think we talked about this in life group once. Like, is it easier to be kind of patient and gracious is it easier for, to be that way with lost people than it is to be with people in the church? Because like maybe those in the church, you have this expe expectation that they should know better or that they shouldn't act that way or you're around them more or whatever. But according to Galatians, you know, it's saying like, hey, like show a little bit extra with those who are within the household of faith. I have seen it where 
you know, these secondary issues will like separate people. Like I've seen people have arguments over stuff. You, you disagree on this, like, you know, the post-millennial or pre-millennial reign or whatever. And that will be the dividing factor on your fellowship on whether you agree with me, like you don't agree with me. So you're wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. And this taking this like proud stance and it's like, dude, come on, man. Like you guys, you guys are both Christians. You guys both agree on all the salvific, you know, the high points and all that. And you're letting these like secondary kind of tertiary issues tear you apart it's it's fun to discuss it and have like these fun conversations like it i i actually like talking about it but to let that come between you to break fellowship i've seen it happen and it's just it's yeah i don't like it and i'm sure someone's made this joke before but when i think of macarthur and sproul they disagreed on baptism um but for them blood was thicker than water yeah anybody (laughs) (laughs) wow Wow. I had to sneak a dad joke in there. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, we see throughout Scripture this familial language. I mean, multiple verses talk about us being children of God, which by default makes us brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah, Romans 9 says we are counted as offspring. This means that, you know, Romans 9, 8, this means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. And that promise that goes all the way back to Abraham, you know, is God is faithful and he's, it's going to come through. We are, we are children of the promise and are counted as offspring. Yeah. And that was big because that was saying that the nation of Israel in and of themselves, just being from the nation of Israel, just being Jewish did not necessarily put you in that category of offspring. It was those who are believers, it's Christians and that could be Jew or, or Gentile. Uh, so they would come from all tribes and tongues and nations. And so we are all family. We are all children of God. We are all brothers and sisters. Side note, I do want to say this. I cannot stand when people say, we're all God's children. And they're talking about everybody in the huh. world. <laughs> maybe we are not. As children of wrath, maybe. <laughs> well, that's a, yeah. <laughs> that would be a whole other topic that we... Man, that would be an interesting oh, sorry, to talk right. about. Yeah. Something that would be an interesting to talk about, though. Total depravity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we are all God's creation. Yes. We are not all God's children. And the Bible says you will know them by their fruit. First John three it says, "No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God." You know, we die to our our own selves and are born again. You know, we're born into, born of God. By this, it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. You know, we all slip and stumble and all that, but it says here, whoever makes a practice of sinning, you know, whoever is just like, you know, whoever loves their sin and is just living in that, is of the devil. Yeah, no one who is born of God makes a practice of sinning because of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, convicts us of our sin, you know, convicts us to repent and walk towards God and walk towards fellowship with the children of God, who we all we all are. That's good. 
you know, Sean, you already shared about us being one body. And I think you shared out of Ephesians, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, but Romans 12 also talks about it. First Corinthians 12 also talks about us being one body. And that, you know, I think that's a big thing to remember, right? Especially thinking like the worldwide church, right? Like we need one another. It's, this isn't just a matter of like preference or, hey, you know, it'd probably be helpful. Maybe it's a good idea. Like it's more than that. Like we need one another. So Sean, I've actually got a question for you. Yes, sir. So as a single dude, I'd like you to kind of tell people the difference between like your experience with like church family and like mine. Cause I just, you know, I just want to make like the difference. So even in like my loneliest moments as a Christian, like I still had my wife and my kids, you know, to kind of help with that. So just totally being alone though, being a single guy, soon to be married. Um, <laughs> congratulations <laughs> again on that. What was that like? Because like, honestly, there was one time where like, I felt really bad. You were like at the house helping us with something. And I was like totally joking around about like our life group splitting up or something. And I was saying that you were going to another group and I felt like you genuinely started to get a little upset. Like it was bugging you and I was totally joking, but I, <laughs> I felt bad after cause I was like, Oh yeah. Like this is his family, yeah. you know, like the, you know, this is a big deal. Yeah. You're, you're my brother. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you were joking, but yeah, it hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've been alone my whole life, even when, you know, when it was just me, my mom and my grandma. You know, my grandma passed in the 6th grade. My mom, you know, died a couple of years ago, but even when she was when she was alive, you know, we never really connected. So, I was I mean, I've been alone my whole life and my friendships were like few and far between the friends I did have. I held on to super close and uh, I've always just kind of had to like rely on myself. You know, I never had anybody to lean on, never had anybody to bounce ideas off of or, you know, somebody to kind of like, you know, slap me around a little bit and bring me back to back to reality, except for those few friends that I had. And, even you know, even if they agreed with me, you know, it was yeah, it was it was crazy just being alone. And so I would, you know, ruminate and go down these rabbit holes, these crazy rabbit holes of, you know, just my thoughts going, just going way off. Just like unchecked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Completely unchecked. And, you know, before I was saved, it was, you know, just whatever, whatever I thought was right in, you know, in my own life and whatnot. Yeah. And so I did get super bummed out when our life group was splitting last time. Cause I was like, man, I like, I found my family. These are my people. It's like, I want to, I want to do life with these people. And you know, there's more people, but I was like, man, these are the people that I've like built friendships with. And, uh, and now it's all just getting thrown away and I'm going to be all alone again. And so I don't want to be alone anymore. <laughs> and yeah, it was kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think whenever, cause I mean, our, our life group has gone through some hard things before, but yeah, I mean, I remember that, but I don't remember thinking about it from your perspective, like how much it meant to you, you know? Yeah. So, so that was, uh, yeah, that's another like lesson to learn too is, you know, just our family love, no matter how small or big it is, you know, can really be a big deal to somebody. Well, it's interesting because when I came into the life group, I remember you having that conversation with me about Sean of saying, hey, like, I need you to understand, like, how important this is to Sean. 
you, I, I think it was right after, like, I think the whole joke and like all of that and how you kind of came to that realization <laughs> of, oh, wow, like this is really important to yeah, him. I, and I definitely felt bad. Yeah. And so, I mean, he gained him and he was like, you need to know, like for Sean, like this is his family. Like this means a lot to him, you know? And so that just gave me a lot of insight into you coming in and, and understanding, you know, where the life group stood as far as you and your life and how important it was, you know, and just getting you ingrained. And now you have way more family because <laughs> yeah, it's grown, sure. right? For so sure. it's cool. Yeah, and I'm, I, I mean, I've grown a lot since, since then, you know, I, like I said, I felt like I was losing my family and it was scary, but you know, I still, I still had my family like, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the family's grown. The relationships have grown. They've just, they've just expanded. I haven't, I haven't lost anything. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I mean, there's, there's been a lot of, a, a lot of good and and some hard stuff. I mean, you know, y'all are always there for birthday parties and get-togethers and all this stuff. But you know, you guys have helped us out when we, you know, been sick. I mean, meals. No babysitting. I mean, dude, Sean, you know, you took my wife to the hospital for me at like, you know, two o'clock in the morning one time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, you remember know, that. I had to stay home with the kids and all that. And I mean, you know, it's, it's been forged through good and, and really hard stuff too. But, yeah. but like you said, I mean, like over time though, like it just like your, your circle of family widens and it deepens and it's awesome. I think that's been the, the cool thing too. I mean, it's just seeing, it's grown numerically. I mean, definitely as far as more, we've added more family members, but especially with some of the, the core group, I mean, just the depth of the relationships and how they've grown, you know, it's been really cool to watch. So it's very encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and we all, yeah, I don't want to leave off without, you know, touching again on those spiritual gifts. Uh, Cause we all, I mean, we all have our gifts. Like I, I've got a servant's heart. I love, I love helping. Like helping someone makes me super happy. I love it, and that may not be somebody's. That may not be somebody's wheelhouse. That may not be their gift. But we all we all have these gifts, and we can, you know, through building those relationships, we get to we get to know each other and know each other's gifts and how how we all come together in that in that body of Christ. And uh, yeah, it's uh, super cool. Yeah, that, I think that's a good good way to end it. It's just to to remember that we all have different giftings that, that God has given us. And, you know, the Holy Spirit imparting those gifts to us, there was a reason, you know, it, and so we can't say that any one gift is better than another. They just all serve different functions. You know, it's similar to a husband and wife, right? Like it's not that one is better. It's that they're serving one another and serving Christ in different capacities, you know, and through different giftings. And so that's the same thing. And when we, can operate in our gifts and serve one another in our gifts, then the body operates as a unit and is more effective, you know? So yeah, I think that's good. Thanks for, yeah. Thanks yeah, for that, bro. Been able to build, build friendships and build, build brotherhood through, you know, just helping move a table, you know, or like move a couch. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so important too. Cause I mean, like all these little things that we do are the things that we think are little you know, I mean, talking about like the worldwide view of like family. I mean, like, like you said, like we, we do need that. And, you know, God's always looking at, you know, you know, eternity, but I mean, it really does impact like every part of life because I mean, if you're family with other Christians and you treat them that way and, you know, there's no, 
you know, falsehoods to that or, you know, pretending like your family, then, I mean, imagine a world like that where, you know, where we have family in every aspect of life and business and government and in churches and everywhere. And we all treat each other like that, you know, yeah. like a servant's heart and like what our world would look like, oh, yeah. you know, if that yeah, was more of sure. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be these big, uh, you know, these big grandiose actions or anything. It's, it's just how you can, Use your gift, no matter how big or small it is, as long as you're using it to like further the cause of Christ and help out, like you said, to especially to those who are of the household of faith, household of faith, like Galatians six ten. You know, like just it it doesn't matter how big or small it is. Like you're doing that for Christ. You're doing that because of what Christ did for you and that Holy Spirit that rests in you. So even if it's just like holding a door open you know, and saying good morning at church, like you're doing that for the cause of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Right. That's right. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So if you have questions or you want to reach out to us and, and just ask a little bit about you know, how to grow as family or how to identify family or even just um, need help you know, as far as find a local church, if there's anything we could do to answer questions and, and kind of have things of, of what to look for or, you know, how to, how to grow in your gifts. Uh, just let us know, you know, we'd love to, to talk with you. So we'd, uh, you can connect with us on social media for that. You can hit us up on Twitter at deed underscore truth. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching the deed and truth podcast. You know, we encourage you to go ahead and sign up on your favorite podcast platform. Go ahead and follow the podcast. That way uh, you won't miss an episode. We're dropping new episodes every Monday. And check out the website, deedandtruthpodcast.com. You can leave us a review there. You can actually leave us a voicemail, and then we can uh, answer your questions on the air. So, all right. Till next time.